Race matters. 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 that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land is a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, song, and it's been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us. It'll continue to be in their hands long after us too. And we're privileged to honour this history of storytelling today here at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging. We're coming to you from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Tanya Ali. An International Women's Day has just gone by. Shout out to women, non-binary and gender non-conforming people, not only at this time of year, but every single day. And in particular, women, non-binary and gender non-conforming people of colour who face a whole host of specific injustices that our male and white counterparts do not. To me, it feels almost tired having to explicitly state this still in 2020. Intersectional feminism kind of feels like it should surely be a given by now. But reflecting on a couple of lineups from events in Sydney this International Women's Day, it's apparent that we still need to be talking about this because apparently there are supposedly progressive event organisers that still think it's acceptable to be putting together all white lineups in, in inverted commas, celebration of International Women's Day. I will say this. If your girls to the front means specifically white women to the front, whether conscious or unconscious, it's probably worth taking some time to think and reflect at the very least. But back to celebration, because there are so many incredible people doing the work, and I feel like it's really important not to get distracted by those who aren't cutting it. So you may remember our FBI Smack Awards happened a few weeks ago in which a bunch of amazing artists, many of them women of colour, were celebrated. One of those women was Aisha Ash, who co-founded Blackbirds, a theatre collective which, alongside You There For Me, took out Best On Stage at the 2019 FBI Smack Awards for their show Reclaim. This is really such an honour and such a surprise. Um, Blackbirds was started by myself and Emily Unavule a f- couple of years ago because we graduated from drama school and we couldn't see any work that really uh, expressed or showed the varied experiences of women of colour in this country, whether you're Indigenous to this place or not, um, and, and how you're accepted or not accepted by the communities in which you live. So it's really wonderful to be able to create work uh, that reflects our experiences and share that with the wider community and to have some kind of recognition is really lovely. That's Aisha on stage at the FBI Smack Awards telling us why Blackbirds was started. We talk about representation a lot here on Race Matters, and while it's definitely not the be-all and end-all when it comes to addressing racism by any means, it does matter a whole lot. And what's special about Blackbirds is that it's totally run by women of colour for women of colour, representing, as Aisha said, a variety of experiences within that. Back in 2018, when Race Matters had just started as a segment on Up For It, Aisha was one of our first guests. 
So right now, it feels apt to dive back into our From the Vault series and revisit our chat, which spans Blackbirds, a particular show that Blackbirds had just put on called Brown Skin Girl, and Solange, who had just played her run of shows at Sydney Opera House as part of Vivid that year. My conversation with Aisha is coming for you straight after this one from Akenyo. This is Eyes to the Sky, and you're on Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. Full of knowledge, but be under right to polish, yeah. Badge of honor, then you have to hand it over, over. Pull up rover, dream of what kind of things you wanna own, yeah. Buy your mama whatever she wants and send your niece the leftover. Then what's the leftover? I say the best, oh yeah, for last but not the least, oh yeah. Then the release is where you find the best, oh yeah. It's not a test, my friend, just need the rest of chance, oh yeah. Eyes to the sky, but you shine like the moon. If you like it, then you'll get it, won't regret it, and hoping it's spoke too soon. To the sky, but you shine like the moon. Yeah, if you like it, then go get it, won't regret it, and hoping it's spoke too soon. Hey. If you feelin' like a guest and you're a home, homie If you feelin' like a ghost and you keep roaming, roaming Home alone but never really alone And we all lonely, it's okay and no shade, sun evasion It's a mixture, it's a fixture Running water, elixir, the eyes of the beholder When's the last time you told her to hold ya? Keep your chin up, it's much better for your posture Nostradamus said he knew what it would cost ya Predictable, we come in bulk like we from Costco We all the same, but fingerprints are what we got, yeah We're not really that lost, we won the last Eyes to the sky, but you shine like the moon yeah, If you like it, then go get it, won't regret it And hoping it's spoke too soon Eyes to the sky, but you shine like the moon Oh, oh if you like it, then go get it, won't regret it And hope it's spoke too soon You working hard yeah. You play your cards yeah. You play it nice yeah. You roll the dice yeah. You working hard yeah. You play your cards yeah. You play it nice yeah. You roll the dice Eyes to the sky, but you shine like the moon. If you like it, then you'll get it, won't regret it. Ain't hoping it's spoke too soon. Eyes to the sky, but you shine like the moon. If you like it, then you'll get it, won't regret it. Ain't hoping it's spoke too soon. You're listening to Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. My name is Tanya Ali. Right now, we're diving into our vault again, throwing it back to a conversation we had with actor and artistic director of Blackbirds, Aisha Ash, a couple of years back now. In this first half of the chat, we talk about a particular show Blackbirds had recently put on called Brown Skin Girl, which I still honestly think about regularly. It was such a moving work. We also touch on transracialism via a Netflix documentary you may remember called The Rachel Divide. We'll start with an introduction from Aisha. This is From the Vault. You're on Race Matters. Um, So my name is Aisha. I'm a Maori Grenadian woman. Um, I've trained as an actor and I went and studied acting at the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts in Perth, WAPA. Um, And since then, I guess I've taken a kind of different route, not 
not different in that I don't do acting anymore, but that my friend and I, Emily Onovule, started a company called Blackbirds, and we decided to create work that wasn't so much commercial in a sense, but was more um, culturally containing of who we are as people and that can show the cultures and the diversity of women of colour in Australia because the representation of women of colour in the arts and media is not good. No, no. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> can confirm. Yeah. Um, on that, I saw your production of Brown Skin Girl um, by Blackbirds. Uh, was it about a month ago now? Yeah, about a month ago. That was an incredible production, and I just wanted to say congratulations. It was so good. I think I was on there on the closing night, um, and the energy in the room yeah. was amazing. And you did a really interesting thing with that because um, it was kind of a play, a very clearly personal play for all of you, um, but you kind of brought the audience into it as well at the end um, and allowed people to ask questions, which is not really something that happens in theatre. Could you tell me a bit about the process of making the decision to do that? Yeah, definitely. So we think it's super important that people who come to see our show community, especially people of colour, they can feel that they can talk to us about the show because it is so rare that we actually get to be represented on stage and not only be on stage but actually be able to tell our own stories and have agency over that. So for us, when we've done shows in the past, we've found that people of colour, especially women of colour, are really quite, like for lack of a better word, shook at the end and haven't had this experience before so don't know how to um, unpack it. And so we think it's imp really important for, like, health and healing and discussion to keep that conversation going in the space because it is such a safe space and we work really hard to create that space and let people know that they can ask their questions and we're there to hear them and in at the end of the day if we're not making work for our community which our communities can talk to us about then what are we doing it for totally um are you planning to bring brown skin, brown skin girl back um because I know it has had past iterations. Um, yeah, do you think that you would keep building on it and, and bringing it back as a collective or are you kind of ready to move into different, I guess, forms? Uh, both. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to bring it back. We'd love to do it again in Sydney. We'd love to um, travel it to Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, pretty much anywhere that'll take us. Um, so, yeah, the, the ball is rolling. The wheels are in motion. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. That's so good to hear. Uh, so on, over the weekend, we were kind of brainstorming what we should talk about during Race Matters this week, and you brought up a documentary that you recently watched. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to hear you talk about it. It's available on Netflix, so everyone can um, get a piece of it if they'd like. It's called The Rachel Divide. Um, would you like to give us a bit of background on it? Yeah, so basically, I think it was in 2015, this woman, Rachel Dolezal, was exposed as pretending to be black. So she was living in Spokane in America and she was the head of the local NAACP branch. Um, not only that, she was also a lecturer of African studies um, and she masqueraded as a black person for five years. Anyway, when this all came out, she lost her job immediately. There was like a lot of backlash. But now this documentary has come out, which was made over the course of two years. And I think it's really interesting now that this documentary has come out, some people are saying that they kind of sympathise and empathise with her, which I'm still really not about. I I'm really don't like Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> yeah, I think she's um, a bit 
kooky and she's really exploiting um, blackness and she is like the height of cultural appropriation and white privilege like the fact that she says that she can be transracial and that she's taken this on this black identity the reasons that she says she's taken it on are also I think problematic Mm. she says that she's taken it on for some reasons because she has two black sons one of whom she adopted um who was her adopted brother and then she got custody of him and the other one is her biological son and she said that she took it on because she wanted them to have a connection more of a connection to their culture which I think is a real problem because I mean I'm Maori Grenadian my mum's Maori my dad's Grenadian but I grew up with my mum and her side of the family now my mum doesn't look anything like me she's got lighter skin her hair isn't as curly but she never, ever once would try and make her skin darker, do a perm, like, to, to connect me to my culture. She wouldn't... Why would you do that? You, you introduce someone to books or music or food or you take them to that place, but you don't paint your skin and perm your hair and, like, masquerade as a black person. It just makes no sense. And for her to have that kind of um, idea that that's appropriate is also really problematic. And the fact as well that her poor sons are in this documentary and they obviously are really unhappy and are suffering because of what she's done. And they're asking her the whole time, like, Mom, why are you doing this? Can you let it go? Why are you still doing this? And she's she's then got a book deal. She's still on social media. She changes her name <laughs> at the end of the documentary. First of all, if you're going to change your name so you have, like, a less of a public identity, wouldn't you do that? Not in the documentary. But, True. But also, then she changes her name not to, like, hello, my name is Jane Doe. It's Nagichi something, something, something. So she's cho- chosen a Nigerian name, a West African name, and, like, all these names that are not relevant to her yet again. So she's still, like, perpetrating this cultural appropriation. So it's really fascinating and I think she's I was watching it with my mum who's a psychologist and she was like ah she's got this she's got that all these like <laughs> just diagnosing, yeah, diagnosing her. Her. I was like keep it going mum like <laughs> come through but oh man this documentary it's I encourage everyone to watch it mm. like it's I found it very infuriating because yeah. she plays the victim but mm. it's interesting yeah, I'm I'm very excited to watch it. I'm interested to know does she like show any I mean it doesn't sound like she does but does she show any remorse at all? No. no. And she's like, I don't know why people are being so mean to me and treating me like this. Like, what have I done? This mm. is my identity. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not your identity. That's the problem. Like, in even saying that you are transracial is like the ultimate height of white privilege because a black woman, I can't go and paint my skin white. At the end of the day, I'm still black. She can go home and take off all this makeup, she can stop perming her hair. She can, mm. please, can she stop braiding her hair? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oof. Chat about Rachel Dolezal and the Netflix doco, The Rachel Divide. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Race Matters on FBI Radio 94.5. My name is Tanya Ali, and we're diving into our vault, revisiting a conversation we had with 2019 FBI Smack Award winner and artistic director of Blackbirds, Aisha Ash, a couple of years ago. We're going to take a track from an artist we talk a bunch about in this next half of the chat. This is Solange, language joining on this. Don't touch my hair When it's the feelings I wear Don't touch my soul When it's the rhythm I know Touch my crown. They say.
to a conversation we had when Race Matters was a segment on Up For It with artist and actor Aisha Ash. 
When we had this chat, Aisha and I had both just had the pleasure of seeing Solange play the Sydney Opera House in her first run of shows as part of Vivid Live 2018. Oh. <laughs> she was really beautiful. Everything that she does, I think there's something really special about her. When that album first came out, I think it was really important because kind of previous to that, all the albums made by black artists or I felt this at least, or by black women, were perpetrating some kind of, like, um, really pushing, like, a gold chain, video dancing kind of stereotype. Mm. And Solange didn't do that. She made something that was really actually fine art. And she also talked about her anger in a way that wasn't screaming or doing anything. And I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to because we're as she sings in her songs, like we're not told that we can be mad, so we have to express our anger in different ways. And so I think she did that in a really beautiful way. Um, and she just really spoke of her own experiences, I guess, and did that in a way that was so different from the way that Beyonce does things. Mm. Um, and that's what I love about her as well. She's just her own person. She is so yeah. her own person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess seeing an artist like Solange playing at the Opera House, um, it brings up kind of like, the power of visibility and performance, mm. especially in such a like a regal space or whatever. Um, I what did it mean for you to see yourself represented? I guess in in a space like the Opera House, it was amazing. Um, I mean, obviously, the Opera House is on a very important historical point for Indigenous peoples, and it's always been a point of storytelling and performance. But to have uh, a black woman in this, like Solange, in a space that is usually very, very white, or only a lot of like older, rich white people can access because of ticket prices. Usually, um, and it, Solange ticket prices yeah, were expensive. They were. Let me tell yeah. you that. <laughs> but it was worth it. Um, it was really important because she was also in there, and she was just unapologetically herself. And the way that she was speaking to the crowd, the way that she talked to the black and brown people in the audience, was so important. Like I actually felt seen. Um, so that was really, really beautiful. And I think that was the experience that a lot of my friends had who went as well. I think a, a, an interesting thing of the experience, though, was that even though we felt seen by her in the space, there were still moments that I've had conversations with people in the space that we felt like we were being watched or we were we couldn't fully relax or enjoy the mm. performance. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously going to be that dichotomy no matter where we go because that's the world that we live in. So, yeah. yeah, even even if, as Solange sang, like, the performance was for you, like, first and foremost, there's still, yeah, the space yeah. can still be restricted in that way. Yeah. Um, I guess at, at the show that we were at, I'm not sure if this happened at other nights, um, Solange was talking about how she had visited Sydney a few times before um, and she was really surprised at the amount of, in her words, poppin' black and brown people were in the room um, and mentioned that times were changing, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I can vouch for this. Apparently, uh, so you guys went on the Friday night? Yes. yes. I went on the Saturday night. So she quoted that on the Friday night and apparently in like a review or a write-up, they, they just said people. They got rid of the black and brown. Oh. And well, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what the write-up was, but she said on the Saturday, she said they took this out of my original quote, but I'm gonna say it again. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Man, she's so on top of things. Like, like I love that. She's yeah. out there reading the news yeah. like, <laughs> like, like, like quote. Yeah. 
Oh, a little cameo from Ruby Miles there, giving us some sneaky intel on Solange. You have been listening to Race Matters. We dove into our back catalogue this week for a chat with 2019 FBI Smack Award winner and artistic director of Blackbirds, Aisha Ash. You can listen back to any of our Race Matters episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at fbiradio.com forward slash race matters. If you ever want to get in touch, you can email us, racematters at fbiradio.com. And also, in case you missed it, we are doing a live show next Friday from 6pm at Redfern Community Centre, if you can come along. Darren Lasagas and Sara Khan are going to be in conversation with a couple of very special guests to be announced. For more info, you can head to fbiradio.com forward slash presents or search Race Matters Live on Facebook. We really, really hope to see you there. Gonna leave you with one from Nairi. This is Shiva. We'll catch you next week on Race Matters. Oh, I never told you come and see me. Cause I'm blind about the noise and the mess of the city trying to kill me. And I never told you get to feel me. When the distance between us is excited By the ocean trying to move me Something about my learning Arithmetic got me burning Never bothered me one bit Until you hit me right between Something about my learning Arithmetic got me burning Never bothered me one bit until you hit me right between the eyes
shiver 